If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, our weekly spin-off podcast where Dad and I endeavor to take the sting out of a week of fairly traumatic true crime by talking absolute nonsense. I'm Paul, that's John. And Dad, how are you doing this morning? Paul, I am excellent. I've had a cold shower and when I say cold... I'm talking yeah. cold. You know, I bought a thermometer, which I tied. No, I didn't realize you'd gone. I, I didn't know you'd gone to quite that level. So how? Yeah. How cold I are we talking? I went to a certain store that I won't mention, um, and I bought a large thermometer. Okay, it's yep. it's very large. It's oversized. Compensating. One had to yep. talk about thermometers, so it definitely cannot be used as, for example, an anal thermometer, although. I guess if you really tried and had lots of lubrication, it may work. But What's it's wrong a mother of a. Why would. <laughs> no, because you've got a chapter called Anal Thermometer. Yeah, but you told me the story. I know, but, you know. <laughs> um, but, Paul. Yeah. It's a big. It's a mother of a. I don't know why mothers always get the blame when, talk, when people talk about big things. But it's a, it's, it's a monster. And it hangs, and every now and again, I sort of because it's tied to I won't say a rope because that makes it sound ridiculous. God. It's tied to a, uh, a fairly lengthy, decent diameter string. Um, and when I'm in the middle of my freezing shower twice a day, sometimes just to confirm to myself how cold it is, I reach up and untie this thermometer and actually put it into the shower and I just and I'll tell you what I got out of the shower a few mornings ago and I was blowing steam out of my mouth is that cold? it's pretty cold yeah yeah so that's the start of today then I was up at the um, at our local coffee shop and I'm reading in the Sydney Morning Herald about a lawyer yeah that's been shot now Paul this is a little bit freaky and somewhat 
kind of bizarre because whilst I'm reading the article, a certain person in Melbourne, who is my co-host, you, <laughs> yes. you, seriously, you wrote to me and said, Dad, look at these. In- is that weird? It's a bit weird. I mean, look, the fact is that there was a shooting, as we mentioned, in Bondi Junction a couple of weeks back. And mm. part of our concern was that Dad is quite often near where that shooting occurred. And I think the sort of subtext there was, is there going to be retribution? Now, whether this is related or not, this is the piece in The Guardian today. High-profile lawyer Mahmoud Abbas shot outside Sydney home in brazen attack. Now, I went through all of the different people uh, he defended, right? Because I was trying to figure out, because generally speaking, you're looking at motive, you're looking at, all right, if he's a criminal defense lawyer, let's look at the criminals he's defending because that's probably going to be related to why he was... Shot. Reasonable assumption, right? Mm, I, I have a contrarian view to that, but keep going. Well, let me run through and uh, who he's defended and see what you think. Abbas Good. has represented several high-profile clients, including members of an alleged Islamic State-inspired terror cell charged with plotting to destroy Sydney landmarks, and the controversial former Auburn Deputy Mayor Salim Mia, uh, and also he has represented Sydney Underworld figures. Sydney underworld figures, including handyman mm. Ahmed Jagbir in his trial over being an accessory to the murder of Kamel Barakat. Now, Dad, I think it's fairly safe to assume that when a criminal defence lawyer is shot, looking mm. at who he's been representing is not an unreasonable thing to do. Paul, I... But you, but you need to be more specific in, in terms of how you have arrived at that... You know, I'd like to follow your thought process because is it a matter of the people he has defended not being happy with the way he defended them and there's retribution on a level that's saying you did a shit job? Uh-huh. I doubt that very much. Oh, no, I don't think that. Um, I don't no, think that. No, then the, the, the other, the other um, logical alternative mm-hmm. is that the... The people on the other side um, were not happy that he was defending these particular criminals. Yeah, logically, think about it, Dad. Let's say you've got a gang war and let's say you're engaged in a gang war and the opposing gang has a defense lawyer who always gets them off or has gotten them out of scrapes. Then a really great way to stick it to them is to get rid of the person who defends them in the legal system very adeptly. Is that not a reasonable assumption? It's reasonable. However, the people that are doing the potential yep. retribution and uh, shootings, mm-hmm. Paul, does it not stand logically that they, in turn, if they get caught, they also require a defence lawyer? And if yeah. he's such a good defence lawyer, why wouldn't they all use the same defence lawyer, which they're, they're more than entitled to? Yeah, entitled to, but are you honestly telling me that I... Look, this is just in a completely hypothetical, theoretical world, but I'm saying, would it not make more sense to have a criminal defence lawyer on retainer? Because the fact is that conflict of interest would mean he couldn't represent clients who are literally fighting each other in the streets, right? You can't just... That's a very... It's not a drinking fountain you can all go to. It's like, you know... No, no. That's a very good point. But a couple of things that I would like to... Um, raise, if I may. Please, please. Paul, Paul, why is it that we refer to the nefarious 
it's like the dark arts. Why yep. do we refer it as to it as the underworld, as opposed to the overworld, or even the world? So it's it's like we've there are three three levels, aren't there? There's the overworld, sort of the sky, which people tend to historically believe is goodness. If you look up, if you look across, you're looking where we are on this mortal coil. And if you look beneath, you talk about, I guess, would you, do you think it's sort of got some connection with hell? It absolutely does. Yeah, because typically speaking Mm. in Judeo-Christian mythology or in Greek myth or whatever, you've got heaven above, earth in the middle, hell below. But I'm looking up Mm. here and uh, the German word Unterwelt, which means lower level of society, and it was first used in 1890. And the definition here says criminals and organized crime collectively. So that's... Fascinating. What it means. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. so, and also, it's, it's a way well, of kind of stamping morally upon people that if you commit yes. crimes, you are... Yes. Agree. So, for the listeners that... And there, I don't believe there's going to be one listener that doesn't know what I'm about to say, at least in our massive group of wonderful, avid fans and listeners. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the pool of defence lawyers... Now, with lawyers, you've got local... Uh, solicitors that deal in conveyancing and minor criminal matters, traffic matters, just just the your you sort of your standard basic criminal stuff, and sort of you know when you buy a house, an apartment, you engage a solicitor. Mm-hmm. If it gets a little bit too heavy, the solicitor will then, because they have a network of barristers, and something that the public might not realise is that. If you commit a crime, you can't go directly, or at least this was the case when I was in the police force, you can't just open the phone book, call a barrister. You have to go, there's a process. You have to go through a solicitor. The solicitor in turn will have a network of barristers and some of these barristers will be trained in criminal law. Now, criminal law... Remember, if you commit a crime, you are going to need counsel. Sometimes, if you can't afford it, the state will provide you with a public defender, someone that will look after your interests because we are entitled due to our, you know, the way our legal structure is set up, that you're entitled to a defense no matter how abominable the crime is. But the thing, Paul, is that you've also got the prosecution, which is the state. So if you look at any of the murder trials, the rapes, the arsons, it's always police verse, and then the name of the offender or the corporation or whatever. So a lot of the lawyers that I've met and still know, like top, top lawyers, and we'll say barristers, Senior Counsel, which is the new, what used to be called QC or Queen's Counsel. And a lot of judges, a lot of these people who are eminently qualified are ex-police officers. Now, you can draw whatever conclusion you like, but a conclusion that I have drawn over the years is that 
a good criminal barrister who will defend some of the most vile people on earth that are breathing for some of the most abominable crimes that you can possibly imagine. For example, the guy that we're talking about in our our mainstream series about the um, and we haven't got to him yet. New York, God, yes, no, we haven't got to him yet. Um, no, but he's he's entitled to a defence. Yes, of course. And of course. He, and if you've got lots and lots of money, you're going to use the best possible defence counsel, and you've only got to convince the jury of reasonable doubt. So where they go, mm, golly. You know what? Maybe it wasn't them. So I know from my police experience that there were certain lawyers, really great lawyers, but and I've been cross-examined. I have been in the witness box being cross-examined by some of these criminal lawyers, barristers that represent some of these underworld figures. And as a young police officer in the witness box, it was absolutely terrifying because they know exactly how the police work. And they know about police procedure. They know what you should do, but what you really did. Because there are two sort of main, you know, they're sort of at opposing ends of the spectrum, what police should do and what they did. And these, if you're an ex-police officer now turned lawyer, you can't imagine a better person to represent a criminal, can you? Because you understand both sides. And at the end of the day, your job, you are being paid to get your client found not guilty. Now, there are all sorts of moral dilemmas. But if you talk to any criminal defense lawyer, they will always default to the point that every single person is entitled to a defense. Of course, yes. And that's, that's, that is correct. And... With social media today, we we do have trial by media. And it happens in real time. Everyone has an opinion. I was standing outside an auction house in Sydney yesterday. There were two guys. One of them was, if you had to sort of describe this particular person, he had the stereotypical fit of a crime gang member. No doubt about it. To look at him. He had the tats. He just... It's incredible, Paul. Now, they had this antique table they just bought at this auction house. They couldn't put it... Uh, put it, it didn't fit in the back of their, their vehicle. Mm-hmm. And I'm parked right next to them. And I just happened... It was one of those rare moments in time where I said to the guys, I've got a ute. I've got the blankets. I have a, a small window of, of time, free time. And we got chatting. I said, for $50 cash, I will deliver your furniture to your place. Because I found out where it was and it was about a 20-minute drive. They turned out to be absolutely just lovely, switched-on, erudite. Just And they... And look, my point being, Paul... That you've we'll aided and abetted uh, several gang members to move furniture into their new... Uh... No, but... <laughs> But, but they were just so lovely, and and I told them about loose units, and oh God. they Googled. They Googled. No, they Googled, uh, and they, they did their, their sort of due diligence between... Because I followed them 
for about 20 minutes through Sydney traffic. By the time we arrived at the location, their house, they knew all about loose units. And I thought there is a lovely melding of of different cultures, you know, different backgrounds. But So wait, are they gang members? Uh, no, they own a restaurant. Right. So, However. So what's happened is you've, however, you've assumed that they're gang members because of their tattoos. Turns out they're just... They're in the hospitality industry. Well, they may well have been gang members and they've legitimised their lives. Do you have anything to base that uh, on? And <laughs> Are you trying to like retroactively back up your profiling? No, no. I just didn't get a chance to say that... <laughs> I mean, I actually wanted to say to this guy yesterday, I wanted and I really, mm. I was genuinely interested in discovering the history of the tattoos he had because th- there were some very, very interesting tattoos. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. And when you see unusual tattoos on people's, generally males, hands and fingers, mm-hmm. they're like almost codes. Not they're not pictorial. Not anymore. Sorry? They, well, tattoos don't mean what they used to mean. You've pointed this out no. before. You said that back in the day, if someone had a tattoo, they were either a sailor or a criminal. And now mm, I, everyone has tattoos. You watch shows I like... Agree. Any kind of dating on an island show, and there are dudes in their 20s who have tattoos up to their literally eyeballs. I totally, utterly agree with you, Paul, but I'm talking yeah. about specific coded oh, right. tattoos, like, for example, three dots above the the right thumb. Uh-huh. What does that, that mean? That is not a tat. I don't know. but <laughs> You can't say <laughs> Paul. it could mean... You... <laughs> It could, and I but, think tattoos but you don't are know. used. But you don't know. Paul, Paul, dear Paul, I think it's fair to say that certain tattoos, um, well, in South American crime gangs that are fucking horrifically scary. Um, I mean, have you seen those photographs of those prisons where they're all crouching down and they're all sh- they've all got shaven heads? Have you seen that, the tats on those guys? That garnish it all you want. What happened was you saw a bunch of blokes with tattoos and you assumed they were criminals, but what actually happened was they were just restaurateurs. Um, and we've all learned something today, <laughs> Paul. Um, it's 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 called. <clears throat> I'm talking about the process of profiling and how ro- how wrong you can get it. That's very true. <clears throat> but, That's very but, true. But police officers in police officers in general duties, driving the streets, doing doing the beat anywhere in the world, they have to have some impetus to move forward with potentially questioning someone, and that's based on. A whole lot of things that are happening really rapidly in their in their minds. Unfortunately, what is also happening is that people do have, and we all 
and I'm the I'll be the first person to say it. We all have preconceived prejudices and biases. We have, yeah, we, we have inherent biases. I mean, I was um, at a talk the other night. My friend Rad was doing a uh, presentation at the uh, Victoria, uh, Library of Victoria, talking to a bunch of people about AI. And they were saying that one of the problems with AI, and we're not going to open this can of worms right now, but it, this, is, this is relevant, I promise, is mm. that AI is actually curated and fed information by people. There are people in you know buildings actually deciding what to, information to give it. Which means that the inherent biases of those people and of the population as a whole are being fed to AI. So if you have a racial bias or a socioeconomic bias or whatever, or an, or an assumption or a tendency to profile, that's going to get fed into the algorithm, which means that you will get, those things will continue in the digital realm, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, Dad, let's just quickly bring it back on track. So hmm. when you and I were talking this morning, uh, and I sent you the article from The Guardian about the shootings that were occurring. You sent me a screen cap of the paper that you were reading. So what is the story this morning, the updated story? This was about uh, a man shot dead in Canterbury, right? A lawyer, um, a lawyer, a defence talk- lawyer. No, no, no. So the piece this morning was man shot dead in Canterbury in Sydney's second targeted shooting in two days. Latest victim is fifth person shot this week. Fanning fears city's underworld gangs are escalating. Uh, gang wars, rather. Mm. A man has been shot dead in Sydney southwest just hours after a high-profile criminal lawyer was shot and injured in the driveway of his home. The latest victim is the fifth person shot this week. He was shot on busy Broughton Street, I know I'm mispronouncing that, in Canterbury about 2am on Thursday, not far from where lawyer Mahmoud Abbas was gunned down in Greenacre on Wednesday morning. The man shot overnight is yet to be formally identified, but believed to be in his 20s. New South Wales police found the man with multiple gunshot wounds. He was treated by paramedics, but died at the scene. Wow, uh, golly, that's, so, that's, that's two so that's, o'clock this morning. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it is escalating. Uh, mm. And, I mean, how do you feel about this stuff? What are we well, doing? Well, I'm not going to say that I wouldn't like to live in one of those suburbs because that's silly to say that uh-huh. um, but because it really doesn't matter where you live. I mean, let's face it and let's be very honest here. Uh, you know, all cities are divided up into areas. And where I live is regarded as very, very affluent, Bougie. Yeah. Be- beautiful, no doubt about it. And I was talking with a lady yesterday about the very topic of how safe you feel walking the streets here at night. Uh, but there is a murky, murky underworld operating in Sydney's eastern suburbs. That's a fact, because if you're involved in nefarious activities, you're making a lot of money, then you are probably going to, at some point, if you are so inclined, you are going to move to a very, very salubrious suburb. You're going to drive a flashy car. And, I mean, just talking about how you profile people, I was at a certain gym here in Sydney that I go to. It was Sunday morning. There were very few people in the gym. There were two men at the gym and they looked fucking scary, okay? They were scary. And in my mind, I profiled these two guys. And when I left the gym... There was only one motor car outside the gym. This particular car was a 
it was a living cliche of what those two types of people would drive. It was a gangster car, lock, stock and barrel. <clears throat> it, it fitted every, everything. It ticked all the boxes. Gotcha. And then, and then I mentioned this to a, uh, another person a few days later and all my opinions, my thoughts, my feelings were all corroborated. So, you know, you don't have to be Einstein on the balance of probabilities. However, you know, we all make mistakes as well. But what's happening now in Sydney, in a certain area, it's not bikies, although we don't know at this stage whether they are involved. And that's obviously... Look, you've got these gang... Like groups within the New South Wales Police Force and they work on... You know, their whole focus is is working on certain crime gangs and they've got task forces and they're, 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 the manpower is extraordinary the information that they must have the people they must have under surveillance mm. it would be extraordinary but these are brazen shootings and sometimes of course um, innocent people get get shot and I mean the, the, the lawyer that was shot yesterday in Sydney his family were home they're inside his house he's walked out of his house he's gone to get in his motor vehicle he had a lot of paperwork with him you know he, he had lots of you know folders and files and he was shot by up to two people you know it's 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 troublesome and when these things begin to escalate it's like a snowball going down a mountain it, it gathers speed and it gathers momentum and it gathers in size and as it rolls down that hill it takes more and more people but it also takes innocent people and you know it's 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 a shame because it polarizes certain groups within society when that starts to happen if it's not brought under control the general public then begin to become suspicious and it creates this this tension and and it's not good and it's just i mean i don't know how you can stop because it's sort of it's almost biblical in terms of an eye for an eye yeah revenge you know, is never a revenge is no. maybe the least helpful impulse that human beings have like it really yes it, no good can come of it no but imagine paul if there's a shooting in sydney and and terribly um you know for example i or your mother gets shot I mean, how how on earth would you feel? You'd yeah, feel but look, terrible. I know, I know within myself that I would not want, and this is, we've talked about this before. I don't believe in the death penalty because guess what? Uh, I shouldn't be the one making that decision uh, in the heat of the moment. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not the person to be. Anyway, anyway, it's yeah. look, it's 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 a it's an ongoing story. I have a f- feeling that it's going to be ongoing. Well into the foreseeable future. I can't see um, I can't see it abating. And if you look, you know, assuming that this particular lawyer, for example, that was shot was absolutely incredibly honourable, honest, forthright and true to his profession, then I I just I'm perplexed as to the motives. And I hope we do find out one day 
Uh, but if I was a lawyer practicing out west in Sydney, and of course Melbourne and all the cities have their equivalent geographical regions, then you know it's it's a, it's a it's fraught with um, it's problematic. And I guess another thing too about being a criminal defence lawyer, if you're getting paid a lot of money, I mean, in the back of your mind, if you're dealing with gangsters, you would have to know that the funds they're paying you are ill-gotten. Yeah, absolutely. And that's interesting. And here's a fun bit of information for you and the listeners. I am going to an auction on... I'll just say next week in Sydney somewhere. I'm not saying where. I'm not going to give the day. But I'm going to be bidding on a Rolex watch. And that particular watch and other interesting items within the sale are being sold on behalf of the the state of New South Wales. And they are the proceeds of crime. How do you feel about that? I have no problem because... At all, of course. I have no problem at all. Why? Because, well, <laughs> God, you're funny. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not judging. No, I'm just saying no, academically, Paul, it's no, pretty useful to no, ask. No, it's question. okay. So the state, they, you know, when you you see it all the time, Paul, when they do a raid, for example, yeah, on a, a criminals, and you just see gold bars, a safe full of watches, cash. The state needs to. A, try and find out where all this stuff came from. But here's the thing. The watches were not stolen. The criminals use proceeds, criminal proceeds, to go into a legitimate Rolex store and buy a Rolex at retail price. You with me? Yes. They then bring the watch home. They might wear it. Rolex, good watches are a classic way of A, laundering money, B, you can turn a Rolex or any good watch into cash. You can sell them within within an hour. Here's a bonkers anywhere question. In the world. Dad, bonkers question, proposition. Let's say you have a bunch of uh, goods that were bought by criminals um, by making money off crimes which hurt a lot of people. Let's say specific people. Let's say a specific group. Could you not then use the proceeds from the police auction to then redirect funds to the families of the people who were affected. Brilliant. Love your idea. Love it in theory. But but I guess the second part of this story is that all monies that are sort of retrieved by process, by an open tender or an auction, which is, I guess, the most transparent, open, and probably the best way to sell these objects, all that money goes back into what's called consolidated revenue where it can end up paying for an ambulance, paying for a hospital bed, paying for roads, paying oh, yeah. for teachers. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, sense. you know, that's 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 how it works. And con- it's called consolidated revenue. Yeah, gotcha. But okay. I take your point in terms of, you know, the specifics. But, it, you know, you'd have to set up some type of... And it'd be very difficult to run because the income generated by the seizure of stolen goods would would fluctuate incredibly. So that way, if it can go into consolidated revenue, it's sort of into a pool. Yep. Uh, yeah, but it's a, it's a great, good point, Paul. I'm not judging. Um, so them for let... not, I'm not judging anyone for not doing that. I'm simply saying it could be an interesting thing to explore. Agree, agree, agree with you. But if I'm 
fortunate enough to acquire this watch next week, I will let you and the listeners know. Right. Because I'm, um, I'm a little bit excited, but I probably won't get it because it's... Yeah, anyway. But it's fun sort of Why not? thinking about these things. Well, you know, I'm not the only person that will be bidding, put it that way. Did I tell you I finally found a, uh, a bougie watch that I want? I thought your mum and I got you the beautiful watch. You did, but I'm saying... I'm saying... I, you said I, we'd like to get you a really fancy watch for your birthday. And I said... Yeah. I would like this $150 Casio. And you said, are you sure? And I went, yeah. And we all went and got it and agreed that it was really cool. Unfortunately, mm. now I've actually found a watch that's like $1,500 that I really, really like. <laughs> so now it's we'll on my like... Me. I'll send you a link. I'll send you a link purely so that you can look at it. And I can send me a link. Get Love it. It's Love a Hamilton. Work. It's beautiful. Um, Love it. Dad, something very big has happened to me. Uh, so I don't know how many of you are Doctor Who fans, but they've released... A, there's a... There's a thing called Big Finish, and Big Finish, uh, like the official Doctor Who audio play wing, they do like canonical full cast Doctor Who stories. Um, all the actors are in it. It's part of the official Doctor Who story. It's it, anyway. Uh, my first full length Big Finish has come out. It's a second Doctor story. So any Doctor Who fans, uh, I'll post a link on the Facebook page. Uh, it's a full cast audio play. It's it's crazy. Like Ma- Michael Troughton, Patrick Troughton's son, plays his dad. Uh, Jamie's back. It's it's just, it's a whole. It, I know that this Paul. is not a Doctor Who podcast, but it, this is a life life goal that I've just achieved. No, agreed. it's amazing, Paul. And Mum and I heard about it last night, and we uh, we we would like to congratulate you. Um, but also, we're looking forward to listening to it this week. Can't wait. I hope you like it. It's um bloody big deal. Anyway, uh, look. Yeah. Uh, Talking about career achievements aside, uh, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Loose Units, Loose Ends. It has been so much fun hanging out with you all. Dad and I have had an absolute blast, as usual. Uh, if there's anything you want to chat with us about, uh, get in touch. We're over at Facebook. Uh, we have a discussion page over there where fans of the show talk and share their uh, adoration for the show and each other. And it's just a really cool way to hang out and you know share tips. If you are living in Sydney in any of the areas affected by what could be a potential... I hope not, but like maybe a gang war. It might be a gang war. Like we might be on the verge of something terrible. Uh, please let us know your thoughts. Let us know if you've seen or heard anything. We'd like to, first of all, please be safe uh, if you live in those areas. Not that, not that you're at a risk. I mean, this all seems very targeted, right? This is not, mm. this all seems like it's targeting very specific people. So hopefully mm. no one else is in danger. But mm. anyway, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure hanging out this week. Next week, we will return to keep looking at the Long Island serial killer case, and that's uh, going to be a multi-episode arc on the show. But, Dad, is there anything else you want to say before we, uh, before we wrap up the show? Um, I love your work. Likewise. But that's Likewise. a given. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Loose Units, Loose Ends. I'm Paul, that's John, and we will see you soon for more Loose Units. Bye, everyone. Cheerio.